favourites here at RSN joins us now, Annabelle Neesham, who has some Stop unfinished... kicking me under the table. Your feet are on my side. Has some <laughs> unfinished business when it comes to the Cox Plate and two runners again this weekend with Zaki and my O'Brien. How are you, Annabelle? I'm very well. How are you? Very well indeed. Uh, this is obviously a race that would hold some trepidation in the build-up to Saturday for you because you've only been training a few years, but, my gosh, you could already write a story about your Cox Plate experiences. Yeah, no, I've been fortunate. It's sort of... A, it's a... I've had a different feeling every year that I've been here. Um, the first year, it was, we had, you know, Zaki had been favourite for about six months. I'd only been training just over a year, so the, the pressure I felt was immense. And um, it was like a massive bubble bursting on the morning of when he had an elevated temperature. Um, and then, yeah, of course, last year we had, I had top ranked. He got scratched, sort of, well, he wasn't scratched because he never accepted, but he got injured about a week out, and I thought he was probably my main chance. Um, we still had the other two boys run and, and Mwanga and Zaki and they ran really well and here we are again with Zaki back another year. So, um, look, he's not as short, short in the market as he was two years ago, but I think he's still going just as well. Can you just take us back to that, that morning of Cox Plate Day when you had most people saying Zaki's almost over the line in the Cox Plate. He was that short of price favourite when you walked into the stables and you saw something wasn't quite right. Well, I actually thought he looked fine initially. Um and we took his temperature, as we do with all of them, and it was it was right on the high end of normal. Um, and so Todd and I looked at each other and a few sweat beads coming off his forehead. And then we took it again half an hour later. Um, and you actually, for the Cox Plate, you have um, like security guards sent um, to, to sit outside each horse's box. I think they wondered what on earth we were doing, put a thermometer <laughs> up his backside. Every, this looks a bit interesting. Yeah, every half an hour. <laughs> what are you doing? Just taking his temperature. <laughs> and then I was getting, I found about five different thermometers just to hope that one of them read that it was okay. But it was just, the more I took it, the higher it was getting. Um, and, of course, at that time in the morning, it's four o'clock in the morning, there's not a whole, you know, you've, and you, you, I knew we were coming out. Um, just not not worth the risk um you could probably completely ruin the horse running them when they're when they're not right um but i was then it's just first uh i actually think i ranked david eustace first (laughs) 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 said he said you won't believe this and um he was the only probably only close mate that was up at the time um yeah and then i i sent the owners a, a voice note i think i sounded a bit teary actually um at about seven o'clock and um, yeah, rang. Uh, I think it was Mr. Montgomery, mm. and yeah, it was pretty gut wrenching. But it's yeah, very quickly probably had learning lessons early on in my career that there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and I had to remind myself that you know this was essentially my first full year of training, and um, I was you know even just privileged to have a horse good enough to be in that position, and you know hopefully we've got a long career ahead of me, and you know hopefully we can try and nab one. This weekend. Yeah, you're going to have a few more chances, I would imagine. Uh, he's like a family pet, Zaki. He was like the, the first pet you had when you came here. He, he and Mwanga and a couple of others. You could almost write your autobiography now and then have another crack because what you've done in the last three or four years is almost like a complete career to so many others. Do you? Does, is that the way it feels to you, that it's all happened in rapid time? Uh, it actually doesn't. Um, I suppose when you sort of step back and you think about it, like now when I think back, I think, God, there was someone starting training now and they had the favourite for the Cox Plate in their first year, you think, God, how lucky are they? 
And I have to remind myself how lucky I am to have, um, you know, the, we've got a lot of slow horses, uh, but we've got a, a team, a small select team of really good horses. Um, Do you sort of look after them? I know in the Price Kent stable, Mick Price tends to look after the top tier. Is that the way you've gravitated a bit or...? You don't have, not have the luxury of that. You're going to be across everything. Yeah, I'm across them all. I think it's important to be. Um, obviously, naturally, this time, you know, I'm I'm down here. Um, I'll stay down here for the rest of the week. We've got, you know, 14 horses in here. We've got, you know, 100 in Sydney. So, but it, you know, it's because our um, Cox Plate runners are here. So, um, yeah. you know, that this time of year, you, you'd probably dedicate a bit more time to it. But... Um, on the whole, you, you tend to try and be across them all, and obviously you're on the phone the whole time to, to the team in Sydney. I saw you sitting, it was blowing a gale, and you were sitting there in your Nisham outfit on that one of those little seats around a chair, just glued onto your phone. There's obviously so much to do and so little time. Yeah, to scratch from Grafton. Right. From the wide draw. <laughs> hey, um, if a roughie, a roughie could win this Cox Plate, because I think it's one of those Cox Plates where the, the top horses aren't super dominant and they're a bit vulnerable. Uh, What's the case for my Oberon? Uh, exactly that. I reckon he's a roughie that that um, can surprise. Um, you know, it, it, ordinarily it probably isn't a race that springs up surprises, but I'd say this is one of the most open Cox plates we've seen for a long time. Um, you know, Animo was obviously really dominant last year. He was the dominant horse going in, and it was no surprise that he won. Um, but this year's, you know, different complexion. I think Romantic Warrior is the deserved favourite. I thought is first up run in the Turnbull first up of four and a half months was unbelievable and he's obviously going to take a lot of improvement so I think he's the worthy favourite um, but you know Is I, the best of him a fair bit better than the best of this is a tricky one it's about other people's horses but he's rating like beating Dubai Honor and so on it, it seems as though the best of Dubai of uh uh, Romantic Warrior might be a little bit better than the best of most of his rivals. I, I would think so. I mean, that's the beauty of this race is you, you know, you've got all the time forms and all these people and analysing it. But I suppose until you really yeah. put them all against each other, you, you just never really know. Um, but we've seen that the international horses come here um, and win this race numerous times. So um, look, I, I think he probably is. I just I was so impressed with that first run. I thought he looked a bit fresh and keen and yet he mm. still ran fourth and the format of that race is huge. You just wouldn't see a horse do that here. We wouldn't run a horse first up in the mm. Turnbull necessarily would we? So um, you know, I think he's... Did yeah. you bring any, bring any here on Saturday morning? Because that's when he put in that big gallop, Romantic Warren. I was wondering if you saw that gallop from him on Saturday, Romantic Warrior. No, I don't want to see it. Cause it's <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit scary, they say, yeah. There's great stories everywhere you look in the Cox Plate, as there is each and every year, but if Jamie Mott could win a Cox Plate on my over on, that would be one of the best stories. Uh, he was stoked when I saw him earlier this morning. I picked up the ride on my over on. So where did that appointment come from? Yeah, well, obviously... Um Unfortunately for Johnny, he um, he got suspended at Warnable yesterday, um, and he was the obvious initial choice. Chad Schofield's been riding him. He got suspended um, up in Sydney as well, but Johnny won the Crystal Mile on him last year and second in the Doncaster on him, so we were really happy to have him back on. But Jamie's had a ride on him before in the All-Star Mile. Um, admittedly, the horse wasn't... I don't think he was going nearly as good as he is now, um, but I've had a bit of luck with Jamie. He, he rode New Marion in the Australian Cup for us. I think that was the first... I think that was the first ride he had for me. Nearly pinched it uh, until Cascadian came over the top. 
Um, but we actually brought him up to Sydney to ride for us for us in the Queen Elizabeth, and he rode a great race there. And uh, I think he's a really I don't want to say he's an underrated rider because people do rate him, but I think probably because of his weight, he, he maybe hasn't had um, as many opportunities as some of the others. But he's a very hard worker. Um, he's always come out. You know, we've got the Packingham stable now. He'll come out whenever I need him to. It's a hard worker. Uh, and I think he's really talented and really strong rider, so um, I think it'll really suit my Oberon. Just on the Pakenham stable, and do you still have the Flemington stable? No, so you're all the way out to Pakenham. How's the, the balance going to look in, in years to come? Because there was a list that came out recently of the trainers with the biggest numbers, and you're about number three, so you're, you've got a lot of horses to shuffle around. Is there going to be a 60-40 situation, or is it always... I know we ask you this every year, but is it going to be a... A small stable down here, or is it going to grow? Uh, it's going to start off. We'll, we'll be small to begin with, um, because I don't want to. I just I don't want to spread myself too thin. Um, actually, probably look at reducing numbers a little bit. Um, we've, you know, we have, like you say, we have got a lot of numbers. Um, so we'll probably try and just consolidate everything a little bit. But I love the racing down here. Um, we've got a lot of owners that are based down here as well. A lot of our um, biggest supporters. So. Um, yeah, I'm certainly keen to, to grow it here, but I think at, at this stage, you know, we can have up to 20 at Packingham, and I think that's ideal for us yeah. at the moment. Just on Zaki, um, he's almost a forgotten horse of the, the Cox Plate this year, and Damien Lane rides on Saturday. We used to seeing Jay Carr on, on Zaki, but a, a different jockey in the Cox Plate this week? Yeah, um, looking forward to getting Frosty on him. Um, we sort of, yeah, I didn't really... Uh, no, it was going to pan out like that. He was obviously on um, Amelia's Jewel um, for a long time. Um, but, yeah, J- Jamie, I know she had a couple of other options and was and was weighing up her options. And um, sometimes as a trainer, you've got to make that call on, do I sit and wait and then be left with no one? Because mm. Frosty told us he, he didn't have long because he had another another horse um, waiting for an answer on him. So you end up just having to, to play a bit of chess and, and um, make make a call. Um, but really happy to have him on. He's the leading rider in Victoria. He's got the highest strike rate and he knows how to win this race. It must be frantic before a big race like that. It, it almost seemed like a a scene out of a, a stock-broking movie where you're like, buy, sell, buy, sell, with all the trainers and the jockeys. So you're the, you're the Leonardo other. DiCaprio in this situation, <laughs> the Wolf of the Wolf, of wolf Wall Street. Wall Street. Well, I leave, I leave Rob dealing with the jockey <laughs> managers because I, I hate that part of it. Um, you've got to try and take emotion out of it all at the end of the day. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, Damien's just, he's a world-class rider, isn't he? And he had a sit on him this morning and was, was smiling when he came back in. So You're going to need him at his side. best. Barrier 12 of 12. Yeah. Um, well, Barrier 1 didn't work for us last no, year. So <laughs> we'll try Barrier 12. I don't... My, I'm not going to lie, I don't love it. Um, but I don't necessarily mind the draw. It gives him a little bit of time to come across. He's drawn wide a few times. Um, the All-Star Mile, I know, different track. So it's hard to compare. But he drew the, I think it was the extreme outside that day as well. Um, he's got really good tactical speed. He's one of the quickest horses away from the machine. So, um, look, I'm sort of having a, I've had a quick look at it. Obviously, there are other horses that go forward. Alligator Blood's a horse that um, we know will be quick into stride. But I think... Ultimately, you've got Frosty on for a reason, and just let him work his magic. And hopefully, he, you know, he's a, you don't often see him posted wide. Frosty, he's normally a rider that gets them into a good spot, so um, that's up to him now. Is he going good enough to win a Cox Plate, Jackie? Yeah, I genuinely think he is. Um, I think he's 
just got a little bit more sparkle about him this year than 12 months ago. Uh, he's moving really well. Um, Brendan McCarthy is our chiropractor, and um, he treated him for the first time last year. And I remember watching him treat him. He's, you know, a bit sore and he had to be realigned. This year he's so supple. Um, and he, yeah, Brendan said he feels like a, a, you know, much different horse to 12 months ago. And I think he's moving really well. Um, and he's, I mean, he was carrying on going out there um, like a two-year-old. So. Yeah, he's still loving the game. And was it Fields of Omar? Was he a nine-year-old? Yes. It's been done. And he's actually only eight because he's Northern Hemisphere bred. You're going to miss him when he's gone because he's got these little... I remember when Willow rode him the first time. He said, oh, he's such a character. He struts around and he sort of... Uh, you know, he sort of balloons up when the jockey goes on. He's, you're going to miss him around the place, Saki, when he's gone, aren't you? Yeah, I will. And look, he's obviously getting closer as he gets older. But genuinely, I'm not finding any sort of reason at the moment to pull up with him. I think 12's the compulsory age for them to retire. So who knows? We might be here for another three years. Imagine having a 12-year-old wait for age horse. That'd be <laughs> hey, um, how was the track on Everest King George Day? Because we're here, we're just thinking about Mr Brightside and we weren't there, but you were there. What... Coming out of a race like Mr. Brightside, where he he, he he just felt it underneath his feet, you wouldn't have had a track that firm in Sydney for a long time, would you? Uh, Everest Day? Oh, I mean, we have we have had we have had firm tracks, but um, I'd say, yeah, obviously, Mr. Brightside's done most of his racing here. There's probably you get a bit more rain down here, don't you, than, than what we've had lately, anyway. Yeah, lately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was obviously a fast track. Yeah. Um, but. You know, all our runners, you know, our runners pulled up well, and I thought the track was presented in in good yep. order. It was just good, fast ground racing. Yep. Okay. Outside of the Cox Plate, are you going to run Fancy Man in the Geelong Cup tomorrow, or in the Mooney Valley Cup? Oh, probably Knox have galloped him this morning, but uh, uh, so he should hopefully he should be scratched. If he's not, Rob, if you're listening, can you scratch him, please? <laughs> um, It'd be a shame if it was scratched because if you haven't been to a Geelong Cup before. Quite an experience. I'm going. Don't worry. We've got fat, we've got King Frankel. King, oh well, Frankel. yep. Get a, um, some fresh tattoos before we <laughs> down there. <laughs> I like all those long Uh Fancy man, I better. We'll, we'll just have a look at the at the speed map and what have you. We probably will. Like he needs to. He's number 37 in order of entry for the Melbourne Cup, so it's probably our last chance to try and win and get a little penalty. Um, hasn't been going as well as I hoped from when I bought him until the other day. He was really good, albeit it was it was you know against way inferior opposition to what he's going to see on Friday. But it was good good to finally see him put a race away, uh, and I think his work's been really good. He had a look around this morning, and um, Jamie Mott was on him there and said he felt fantastic. So on his UK form, he's up to winning this race. I just um, yeah, I just hope now we have found the key to him. Interesting, the Hong Kong media is out in force today, the Romantic Warrior crew, and I remember the talk of when Deep Impact went to France for the Ark, the Japanese, there was thousands of Japanese media. They they love their hero horses, don't they? And I'm kind of cheering for him. I'd, I'd love to see Romantic Warrior win and, and then open up this, you know, getting their best horses here more regularly and us to them. I think regionally I think we should be seeing a lot more of their champions and us them. Yeah, I think it's fantastic that he's... Well, I'd rather he wasn't here, to be honest. But for racing's sake, I, yeah. I think it's fantastic that he's here. Um, he's obviously a, a superstar horse, and it's a, a plan they've had for a little while. So, um, J Mac on board, it's it's a great story, and I think you know, good on them for coming over. You know, mm. coming over here, and um, he certainly would be a deserved winner if if he can. But hopefully, he's running third.
Oh, just a quick Zarky, everyone's out. Yeah, either way. Yep. Uh, well, just on that, as we wrap up, who's your leaning to of your two? She's nearly going to say my overall, I reckon. But not quite. Zaki's just got the class. He's he's definitely the forgotten horse. He's so consistent. I think the only bad race he's ran was the Doom and Cup. He's ran second to Giga Kick yep. in an all-edge. He's so diverse. If there's any horse that can go fresh six weeks between runs and be a, uh, a blowout Cox Plate winner, it's him. Um, but my Oberon's going really well as well, so... Look, I don't mind. Just one of them would be fantastic. <laughs> What's on for the rest of the day? Do you do you get little bits of wriggle room, little uh, little bits of time out? Or are you the busiest trainer in Sydney just about? But is, is today a day where you can chill for a while or are you back on the horse, so to speak? Uh, not really, because although I'm here, there's still a lot of work to do, um, you know, with the with the horses, uh, the work lists for Sydney and, and what have you. But I've got a, you know, I have got a fantastic team, so um, we try and spread it all around a bit. Um but, yeah, I'll be busy this week and then busy for the next few weeks. And then I guess the, the, um, once the, the Melbourne, the Flemington Carnival's over, you get a little bit of breathing space. Beautiful. Uh, great to see you back in Melbourne. Has the niche caught on in Sydney? Has Matt dubbed you down here? No, it's it everywhere. Hasn't I think everyone's going with it now. Are they? I, I don't really get interviewed on the radio given, in Sydney. There's so many nicknames that have run wild like wildfire and I never patented them. <laughs> uh, well, do you like the niche? She loves the yeah, niche. I do quite okay. like it. Well, good to see They're you. They're called the something. It the sounds niche. really important, yeah. the, you know. <laughs> well, You're the idiot. She's the niche. <laughs> You've been called uh, something a few times. Uh, Annabelle, the niche, great to see you again. Uh, good luck in the build-up of Saturday. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll take a quick break. More to come on the other side of this.